If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution prior, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs. And a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention, and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more with your customers today. Life is more fun when you're the underdog competing against giants. We all love a good underdog story. In fact, one of my fantasy football teams is called the underdogs because I love underdogs so much. I can't help myself, no matter if I'm watching a movie, no matter if I'm cheering for a sports team. If you're the underdog, I'm rooting for you. Even in business and life, when I think about people who come from backgrounds and might necessarily not exactly be set up for success, I'm always rooting for the underdog to come out on top, to find a way to thrive amidst a world and a situation that might not be exactly in their favor. We all love a good underdog story. When it comes to software, the world of enterprise HR and payroll solutions, you might be thinking, what in the world are you talking about? as it relates to this industry and underdogs. These are billion dollar companies. These are companies that have valuations that are worth more than the actual GDP of some places. Companies like ADP, Paylocity, Workday, Ceridian, and QuickBooks, they have captured the HR and payroll solution market for years. They've been able to build leadership positions with excellence. Combined, all of these companies have a total valuation market cap of over $200 billion. That's huge. It's massive. But amidst all of this, amidst this industry, is something that I find fascinating. It's the underdogs. It's the up-and-coming scrappy startups. It's the up-and-coming scrappy founders and entrepreneurs putting in the late nights and putting in the early mornings to create something that ultimately could disrupt and change the way that this industry even operates. It's the teams of people from around the globe that come together every single day trying to do what many would consider impossible, to knock down a giant. These are the underdogs. There are companies like Gusto, which is the focus of this episode who was recently valued at over $10 billion. They serve more than 100,000 companies with payroll, health insurance, HR, and so much more. And according to their head of marketing, more than 1% of all employers in the U.S. are using Gusto, and they have a net promoter score of 70+. plus. You might be wondering what a net promoter score is. A net promoter score is when you ask people, the customers, your users, whether or not they like you. And 70 plus is a high score in software, demonstrating that these people do like them. They like Gusto. And that number is continuing to rise. 
Why? Because there are 5.5 billion small and medium-sized businesses throughout the US alone. When you look at Canada, when you look at India, when you look at England, you look at all of these other places, that number continues to rise. But the payroll brands that serve this industry are typically the leaders. This was what Gusto knew getting into this. Gusto knew that right away that they were going to be an underdog, that they would have an uphill battle that they would have to overcome if they wanted to be considered one of the greats. If they wanted to be considered one of the top softwares in the world, they would need to battle against some of these other brands, brands that have been around for decades. Brands that have unlocked true success. In this episode, we're going to talk about the fact that Gusto has been able to thrive amidst all of this, up against some of the largest brands in the world, organizations that experts, analysts would say have established a bit of a moat, a moat being a competitive advantage that has made them unshakable, undeniable, if you will. But there's no question that. Gusto has generated enough buzz, enough dialogue, and even enough customers to be determined that it's a brand that these big companies need to look out for. There's no question that they're one of the incumbents that every major player in this space should and are watching. And in this episode, we're going to dive in to better understand how the team at Gusto has created something great. Real quick, before we get into the good stuff and talk about Gusto, I wanted you to help me out. This is a small request, but it's one that could have a huge impact. I'm toying around with YouTube and uploading my content from the podcast directly to our channel. So I'm really hoping that you'll check me out on YouTube, Ross Simmons TV, or just type in Ross Simmons and hit that subscribe button. It would mean the world to me. All right, let's get to the good stuff. When you look at Gusto's success, one of the most important factors and the factor that I want to talk about today is their ability to prioritize and emphasize quality content, content that shapes culture, content that has actually influenced millions of people all over the globe by providing them with insights and information that they didn't have prior to and without Gusto existing. This has allowed Gusto to unlock new opportunities, opportunities that the big guys are now competing and seeing and trying to replicate in their own right. You see, it's estimated that more than 6.1% million people land on Gusto's website every single year from search alone. This doesn't consider the amount of people who are finding it because somebody sent them a DM, a text message, or somebody shared something on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. This isn't referencing any of that. This is just Google alone. This is the traffic. This is the people. These are the people who are going to Google every single day, typing in things that are relevant to HR, relevant to payroll, and they're finding Gusto's content. This is how Gusto has been able to thrive. Not just this, but running an organization that ultimately delivers and consistently produces content that adds value to the market is something that Gusto should be proud of. And it's something that their competitors have identified and started to replicate and try to replicate through their own content marketing initiatives. And in today's episode, that's what we're going to dive into. We're going to dive into how Gusto has leveraged content, has leveraged storytelling, has leveraged the idea of thinking more like a media company than just a software company to unlock amazing returns. Here are some of the other impressive metrics that Gusto boasts. Gusto has captured more than 3.2 million backlinks. 3.2 million people, websites, 
platforms, blog posts, articles, you name it, are linking directly to Gusto. That's a lot. Their valuation is over $10 billion. That's impressive. They rank for over 180,000 phrases. What does that mean? It means that there are 180,000 different variations of words that you can put together, go to Google, type them in, and guess what? Gusto will appear. You will find a blog. You will find a page. You will find a video, an asset, a thing that Gusto has created that ultimately will align with what you've typed into Google. Because they've done all of this, because they have created so much content, because they operate truly like a media company, Gusto now serves more than 100,000 companies. And what, what allowed them to reach these people? A great brand, a great commitment to their customers, a great commitment to ensuring that they had funding to scale and grow and compete on a global level with the big companies like Workday and ADP. And beneath all of that also exists the opportunity of a lifetime, the opportunity to create content and tell stories that ultimately have influenced the lives of business owners from all over the globe. Some of these key drivers that we're gonna be diving into today include things like blog posts that target long tail search terms, bringing on high authority authors to contribute to the blog, developing tools that add value to the market and offering them for free, operating like a media company, and finally, being persistent with their vision, but having patience to see it come to life. Let's start by diving into how they leverage blog posts to unlock an amazing opportunity. Over the last few months, I've seen an increasing number of marketers talk about how blogging is dead and that newsletters are the new chief in town. I get the sentiment. There's a ton of buzz in round newsletters with the rise of Substack, with the rise of a handful of publications that have essentially gone to the moon. The creator economy has everybody buzzing. But blogging still has an important role to play in the marketing industry and especially in the marketing mix. Blog posts can generate tons of traction. Do they generate the same amount of results as they did three years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago? Well, surprisingly, yes, they do. The key is to understand the fact that the game has simply changed. The algorithm game that you could play on Facebook was the Wild Wild West many moons ago. It's not the case today. You can't just throw a clickbait title on a blog post and expect it to thrive and get millions of people sharing it and connecting with it like you did in the days of BuzzFeed and all of those various publications that thought they were going to the moon, and eventually they kind of lost their way due to the algorithm. You can't just wrap together a few random ideas and expect them to be shared like wildfire. You can't just press publish on a piece of content and expect it to rank in Google. The internet has grown up, and the algorithms have adjusted with it. Thus, it's more important than ever to adjust our strategies to blogging rather than holding on to old habits. And this is something that Gusto has done extremely well. Yes, they have embraced an SEO and social media-driven blog post strategy with perfection. It's estimated that their blog on an annual basis is generating more than 1,090,000 visits. That's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of people visiting their website. But the most important part of this is that they are beating many of their competitors for phrases that they should have capitalized on years ago. You see, Gusto brilliantly categorizes their entire blog with sections. They have one section that is dedicated specifically to payroll. 
And in this section, you can see and you will find nothing but that content that educates people on the power of payroll. They have another section that is dedicated to hiring and growth, another section dedicated to finances and taxes, and another that is focused on team management. Why is this important? Why does this strategy make sense? Because they're not operating like most company blogs. When you visit the company blog, they're announcing all of the different things that their product can do for you. They're constantly writing blog posts and topics about how you can use a certain feature in their product to be successful. They're announcing their series A and series B, C, D, E, F, G round of funding. They're talking about their latest hire. They're talking about how great they are and they are wondering why no one reads their content. It's because they're not providing people with content that falls into the three E's. They're not providing people with content that is educational, engaging, or entertaining. As expected, this is something that Gusto does to perfection. Over the last few years, Gusto has constantly produced pieces of content that help their audience better understand a space, better understand a problem, solve a problem. And this has allowed them to generate millions and millions of visits. For example, you can visit their site today and you will find blog posts titled things like, how can my business use the R&D tax credit? How to calculate the R&D tax credit? How do I create an independent contractor agreement? This S-Corp tax calculator could help save you $5,000 in taxes. Or, final overtime rule just went into effect. Here's what you need to know. How to delegate payroll without making it awkward. Or a checklist. How to get your employees ready for the end of the year. This content. This content lives in various sections of their site, being authored by a ton of experts who we'll talk about shortly, to create content that actually adds value to their ideal audience. And at the time of this recording, there are more than 99 different posts published under just the payroll section. These blog posts account for 50 thousand monthly visits. That's more than 600,000 visits per year targeting people who are looking to answers surrounding payroll. Now, this is where this becomes a brilliant SEO and content marketing play. If somebody is going to Google and they're trying to figure out how to delegate payroll without making it awkward, and they come across a piece that Gusto has published and it's valuable, it helps them, they're going to build brand affinity, brand connection to Gusto. Gusto has blog posts on what is a pay stub, how to fill out a W-4, what's inputted income, and what's the difference between net pay and gross pay, and what's California State Disability Insurance, CASDI. These are things that every single day people are trying to find out. These are things that you could find out if you very easily went to the website of your local government and read through all of their boring paperwork, their boring documents, and their PDFs, etc. Their website that looks like something built out of 1999. These are things that you could find on these sites, but the user experience isn't as strong. The user experience isn't as good as what Gusto is providing you. Gusto today creates a piece of content that very well lives and exists on the government website with tons of information. For example, you would think the California government would create a piece of content on what's California state disability insurance. They do, but the content that lives on their site is kind of bland. It's kind of boring. So what did Gusto do? 
Gusto brought in an insurance agent, a healthcare writer, somebody who is specialized and has expertise in this topic and created a piece of content on that topic. They broke down what California state disability insurance is. They included screenshots from their own product in this piece, talking about how to see it in your earning statement. It's a thing of beauty. Sure, it has standard text on the side like a blog post, and the name and the experience of the author is front and center. It also ensures that the title, though, is actually isolated by putting a cue at the beginning, making it clear that this is a question, making it clear that this is an authoritative site, something that every reader, every visitor is going to want. It also gives the reader the impression that if there are other questions that they have about payroll, <laughs> you've landed in the right place. But it gets better though. Now you can imagine someone landing on this page working in the payroll department for a company that just decided to move to California and they're looking to better understand what they need to do to get started, what they need to do to navigate this new thing. As they scroll through the blog posts, they get tons of valuable information. They learn exactly what the government would have told them, but they're also learning from gusto how they can ensure that they're paying CASDI. Make sure that it's being deducted from pay stubs every single time. But this is where it gets even more interesting. You see in all of the content, all of the blog posts, all the updates, all the pieces of content that are educational, engaging, entertaining, that Gusto has published on things like team management and so much more, they also do something brilliant. They have ads. Ads built right into their own site, not ads promoting another website. No, you wouldn't see as you scroll through Gusto's website an ad for a Casper mattress or foundation marketing. You're not going to see that. But what you will see is ads that promote their own products. And this is the next thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about how Gusto operates truly like a modern day media company. While everyone in the industry is talking about how brands need to become their own media companies, somewhere along the way, we've actually forgotten how media companies pay their bills. It's through ads. So when I see that Gusto is running ads through their own website, through their own media entity, it just triggered the insight that more and more organizations need to be thinking about their media engine like modern media companies. And you need to do that by understanding like you're creating content. You're producing pieces of content that add value, that is engaging, educational, entertaining. And in doing so, you're attracting attention. Now, what's the point of attracting attention if you're not able to turn that attention into revenue, into actual customers, into users, into leads? There's no point. When you look at the ability today to produce hundreds of pieces of content and get people valuable stories, valuable insights through that content, the next step is simple. Take those visitors and turn them into customers. And that's what Gusto does extremely well. You see, the challenge that a lot of media companies have today is that when they are attracting people to their website, they're selling people to essentially read their articles, read their essays, and then go visit someone else. And that someone else happens to pay for an impression. They happen to pay for a click. To get someone who has read a certain piece to then go visit their website, they're paying that media entity, that media property, to capture value through attention. Now, if they had a clear business model where they could take these visitors, these people who are visiting their website and get them to buy something that they are offering, i.e. the introduction of gates and paywalls in media, all of these things present an increased value of the visitor. 
So when you look at Gusto and the way that they are operating today, and they're operating like a true modern media engine, they are increasing the value of the total visitors who visit their site because every visitor is an opportunity. An opportunity to capture an email, an opportunity to capture a customer, an opportunity to generate revenue. This is what is allowing modern media companies to exist. This is what I believe is going to allow and create a system where the vast majority of the high value content pieces that we're reading is actually going to be produced by brands. This is going to scare a lot of people. A lot of people are going to say, well, that just means all of the content is going to be biased. Well, Wikipedia is still going to exist. It just so happens that a lot of the content that Wikipedia produces isn't always appealing to the eye. So these brands are able to create a piece of content on what is a pay stub and make sure that that piece of content that they're producing is high value, high engaging, highly educational, highly instructive in a way that Wikipedia might not even do. And then from there, it takes it a step further and talks about their own pay stub. This is how modern media companies are going to run. This is how modern media engines, content engines within organizations are going to run. So as you start to design your content engine, keep this in mind. Keep in mind the way that Gusto is operating. They're producing a ton of content that is valuable, a ton of pieces that actually deliver value. And I'm emphasizing this because a lot of times we create content for the sake of creating content, but you don't want to do that. You want to create content because you know that there are people looking for it and you know that the piece that you develop, the story that you tell, the content that you create can help the people on the other end. So as you start to capture organic traffic, use it to your advantage. If your audience is landing on your website to read about your niche, your industry, it's not enough to clap your hands and start to celebrate and pop the bubbly because you got a couple visits. You want to turn these visitors into customers. And a great way to do that is to take a page directly from Gusto's book. Throughout their website, they have call to actions all throughout their website, telling people to sign up, telling people to download, to subscribe, to do things that have business value. A great way to do that is to inject call to actions throughout your content. Ask people to try your product or at the very least, have a pop-up that appears right at the top of your browser and says, would you like to stay updated, get notifications about the latest news and information on this topic? That's right. Gusto does that too. They have a notification that they will ask you before you leave their website whether or not you want notifications directly in your browser, directly on your desktop. When I say they're not leaving your decision to stay connected with them to chance, I'm serious. They're operating like a media company. And this is the way that modern SaaS companies, modern content-driven companies need to operate. Now, you can't just produce pieces of content for the sake of it. You can't just create pieces of content by setting up a ChatGPT bot and saying, hey, write me a blog post on what is a paste of and expect it to rank in Google. No, it's not that easy. You need to ensure that that content is valuable. And one of the ways that Gusto has done that is by bringing in writers with authority. Let's talk about why that strategy is so crucial in today's market. If you walked into a doctor's office and the person who was about to check in on you and, and look you over told you, yeah, I just finished my MBA yesterday. Um, I don't really have too much background in the problem that you have, but I'm going to try my best. Um, I did a quick Google search before 
you came in and I think I have a few ideas on what this problem might be. Uh, just, just sit up here and um, take off your shirt and I'll figure this out. Would you trust them? No, of course not. Well, maybe you would. And if you're that type of person, then power to you. I know, I know I'd be out of there in a second. I wouldn't trust that person. I wouldn't trust anybody who's going to do some type of review of me as a, an individual who might be sick or ill and they just walked off the street and they just got Googled their degree. No, 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 no. It's not going to happen. But every single day, people land on websites and read content from people who have zero background or authority to talk about those topics. It's one of the biggest issues with the internet. And one of the best ways to combat that, one of the best ways to also benefit from the internet is to engage people who are authorities on a topic. Ryan Robinson, Jeff Hayden, Susanna Cameron, these are just three names of people who produce content for Gusto on a regular basis. People who actually have experience, authority, expertise. Ryan teaches more than 350,000 people on a regular basis about business. Jeff is a constant author and a publisher for Inc. and a columnist. He's written pieces on the motivation myth and how high achievers really set themselves up. And then Susanna is in the game running a flower shop. These are the types of people that you want to read content from. These are people who are authorities on small business. These are people who get business. So Gusto engages them to produce their content. And this has allowed Gusto to thrive. This is what allows them to win. You see, a mistake that many SaaS companies make is assuming that everything published on their blog needs to just come from their full-time team, that it just needs to come from a random writer that they happen to find on the internet. It doesn't. At Foundation, over the course of our years of creating content and helping organizations run their content engines, we've actively recruited and resourced writers from all walks of life, all different backgrounds, ranging from PhDs to scientists to create content on behalf of our clients and assist in helping develop pieces that are rooted in trust, rooted in authority, and high value content. Why? Because the author, if selected, recruited, and trained correctly, is going to bring credibility and authority to that piece that most cannot. And if you take a page out of Augusto's book, you might even use an influencer who has already built thousands of followers on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And then when they press publish on that piece, they might actually share it with their audience. This is influencer marketing in B2B. Yes, influencer marketing doesn't just exist for skinny tees and various things that you're seeing on Instagram. But software can also be sold through influencer marketing. You can engage influencers to create content for your blog, just like Gusto, and have them produce pieces of content with authority, with expertise. It works. It works wonders. Influencer marketing is one of the most underrated opportunities that exists in B2B. And the way that you do it is simple. Identify topics that you want to create content on. Use a great tool like Audience with S or SparkToro and do research to figure out who is our audience actually following that's writing about this topic. Dive deep. Understand what these people are creating content about and then reach out. You could easily send them an email. You could easily send them a DM. You could send them a text. You could do whatever it takes just to get on their radar. Say, hey, we're looking for someone who can contribute to content to our blog. This is a paid engagement. Is this something that you're interested in? That's all it takes, folks. That's all it takes. One simple note, one simple outreach. And then you have a dialogue. 
a dialogue that is going to help you if they agree to create content that ultimately ranks and drives results, not only from the sense that it provides you with credibility, but also it's going to help you rank in Google. Why? What do you mean? Why? How does Google know that? Well, you see, Google most recently in December launched, they call it Double Eat, E-E-A-T, which is this idea that using the Google's search ranking factors, they're now considering four key things when it comes to whether or not a piece should rank. The experience, the expertise, the authoritativeness, and the trustworthiness of the content that is showing up. Directly in the guidelines, it says, consider the extent to which the content creator has necessary firsthand or life experience for the topic. Many types of pages are trustworthy and achieve their purpose well when created by people with a wealth of personal experience. For example, which would you trust? A product review from someone who has personally used the product or a review by someone who is not? These are the things that you need to consider. These are the things that make sense for us to understand when we are making decisions around our content strategies and developing content engines at large. Experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trust are all important considerations when it comes to figuring out whether or not a piece of content is going to rank. This is what Google uses to determine whether or not a piece of content should, in fact, show up. If the eat, double eat, of a page is not high, is not high value, you need to do things that are going to increase it. For example, you need to recruit and bring in high value, credit, credible, authority writers to develop these stories. You need to improve your ability to talk on a topic. You need to create about pages. You need to offer insights around the authors that are writing these pieces that demonstrate that these are true experts who have lived experiences to write about these topics. That is a modern media engine. That is a media engine that the internet is going to reward, that your customers are going to love, and ultimately, it's going to help you establish yourself as a leader, authority, and a true contributor to culture in the sense that you are not just creating pieces of content with the intent of ranking in Google, you're creating content with the intent of helping people. Now, there's another thing that Gusto does that allows them to differentiate from a lot of the organizations that they compete with in the world. It's another commitment to value, to adding value to their readers, their customers, the people, the small businesses, the underdogs, if you will, that they serve. And that is the act of engineering as a growth strategy, aka building tools that solve problems in the real world. If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. One of the best ideas that I've read in the last few months is this from Joel Spolsky. It says, smart companies try to commoditize their product complements. If you can do this, demand for your product will increase and you will be able to charge more and make more. What does that mean? It means essentially, can you take things that are your product's complements, things that improve your product, that would make your product a little bit better and then just give it away for free? Can you think of a tool, a solution that is very similar to your product, to the thing that you're offering, and then just commoditize it. Brand it as your own, but give it to the market to add value to the market and win because people are using it. People are engaging with it. They're interacting with it. And as they interact with it, they're learning about your product and they're associating that value with you. But how do you do it? Arbitrage. You take things that 
people are okay to pay for and you give them away for free. Just like Gusto does with hundreds of different things today. Specifically, payroll calculators and tools. When you go to Gusto's website, you're going to be met with a handful of different blog posts and resources. We've already talked about that. But something that they also offer are calculators and tools that traditionally could be sold for 20, 30, 40, 50, 50 bucks. And people do sell them. People sell templates that are essentially calculators every single day. But Gusto gives them all away for free. An hourly paycheck calculator where you can essentially go into this calculator, use it to figure out what your take-home pay is going to be for various hourly employees. You can do the same thing with their salary paycheck, where you can actually do the difference between a salary and an hourly paycheck and figure out what's the difference. You can even do an employer tax calculator, where if you're bringing on a new employee, you can use this tax calculator to get a figure, the clear picture on how much payroll taxes you're going to have to pay. But it doesn't end there. They also have a burn rate calculator where you're able to know your burn rate to help you zero in on when you might actually run out of cash. It's a spreadsheet that helps you understand your burn rate. These are things that, again, you could typically reach out to an accountant and say, hey, could you build us this model? And then they charge you an arm and a leg just to read your email. Or you can go to a site like Gusto and they give it away for free. These checklists and calculators are things that companies used to have to pay for. They used to have to pay for templates. They had to pay for a service where somebody would create this for you. We need a a new hire checklist. Hey, HR, can you develop this? Well, guess what? Not anymore. Gusto's given that away for free. You could hire an expensive HR pro or a lawyer to offer guidance around some of these questions, or you can just, you know, download them for free on Gusto's website. This is arbitrage at its finest. And the lawyers, the HR pros, the people who are listening to this and might fall into these categories might be like, ah, you can't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And my own legal team might be listening to this. So let me just say, this is not real legal advice. I'm not giving you legal advice to avoid lawyers. You cannot hold me accountable for any decisions that you might make there. But what I am saying is that Gusto understands what the market wants. They localize this arbitrage as well. This must be a complete nightmare for local HR folks because when you actually go to the hourly paycheck calculator or the salary paycheck calculator, guess what? It's not just a generic calculator. They have one for Oregon, for Ohio, for Minnesota, Michigan, Maryland, Maine, Louisiana, Delaware, Vermont, Wisconsin, you name it. These calculators generate over 600,000 visits every single year. What does that even mean? What's the value of that? What, why, do, why does Russ always talk about how much traffic these things are generating? Because here's, here's something that you might not get. You would have to pay $53,000 per month to Google if you wanted to capture that traffic to your website. But Gusto, Gusto was able to capture it for free. Well, not free because they had to create the calculators, but it's now a sunk cost. They create it once, they optimize it forever, and they're able to every single day have people visit in North Dakota, a calculator that allows them to calculate the the paycheck of their salary, what their take home will be. All of these things are possible directly because they made an investment many, many moons ago to create these calculators. This is why a content engine can be so powerful for B2B brands, you create it. This is why it can be in many ways unshakable. It doesn't end though, with creating these types of tools, you, you want to constantly be making investments as a, as a business that are going to help elevate you. 
This is this is key. And Gusto recognizes it, so it's continued to not only invest in tools, but acquire them as well. Most recently, Gusto acquired a, a software company called Artius in Symmetry, which provides tax calculation software on the back of AI. And they've got a ton of other talks and, and business opportunities that they're probably talking about as well. What I like about this one is that they essentially talk about, oh, even in their blog, you can read some of their blog posts about R&D tax credits. And now that they made this acquisition, they are trying to arbitrage the big four accounting companies to give them an AI, to give people a tool that allows you to better understand what tax credit you might be able to capture. It's a, it brings takes all of your data and spits back to you, this is what's available for you. This is what your company's R&D tax credit could be. It's a tax credit optimizer with an AI associated with it. And they're giving it away as a test drive. And of course, yes, as you continue to use the product, there's some payments associated with it. But between the content engine that they've produced in this tool, they're playing the game of arbitrage. They're playing the game of capturing traffic that is high value and then driving people to their product. This is how you run a modern media engine. This is how you run a media engine that is great. Now, let's say somebody's on this website. They're reading, they're consuming, they're demonstrating all of the things that would indicate this is our ideal customer. Are you going to let them walk away? No. You're not going to let them walk away. Instead, you're going to try to re-engage them. And one of the best ways to do that is by running ads on the back end of your content engine. Let's dive in. Let's talk about how Gusto does exactly that. I think this might offend people, but here it goes. Twitter is the campus. TikTok is the dorm room. Instagram is the nightclub. Snapchat is the after party. LinkedIn is the conference room. And Facebook is the retirement home. And while I know that this idea is going to make a few people self-conscious, myself included, the truth is Facebook has never been in a better position than now for B2B marketers to take advantage of. The audience that was traditionally skewed towards young and irrelevant for B2B is now old. Sorry, we just are. And in positions where they can make actual business decisions. So running ads on Facebook is actually something that makes sense. It's no longer just a bunch of kids using Facebook to share pictures of themselves doing keg stands. This is a whole different world. The reality has yet, though, to flood the brainwaves of most B2B marketers. But the team of Gusto... <laughs> They've realized it. In fact, over the years, the team has invested in paid advertising across a ton of different channels. From Google ads to Facebook ads, the Gusto team has invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in capturing their audience's attention on the back of paid media. One of the biggest challenges for a company like Gusto is the fact that their audience size is actually quite small. I, I know, I know you're probably thinking, wait a minute, how is it quite small? There are a ton of small, medium businesses. Yes, that's true. But when you're trying to target these people, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because no one who's working at a small business is going to be frantically sharing and reading and consuming and following on Facebook pages about payroll. And it's typically just one person within these organizations that have that responsibility. And sometimes it's an admin. Sometimes it's the actual founder. So it can be difficult to reach and target these people. So instead... I'm just trying very, very hard to find a way to really get niche and focus on these people. Gusto made the, in, the decision to influence them, influence them through content. 
Gusto made the decision to try to influence even the influencers that they would reach. Influence the colleagues, the employees at these companies with the intent of getting them to spread the word within their companies and push the actual decision makers into the funnel. Once in the funnel and identified as a clear decision maker, Gusto now has the ability to leverage advertising efforts like remarketing to close the deal. Back in 2018, the founder of Growth Pilots, which has since been acquired, wrote about how his company, Growth Pilots, helped Gusto build a B2B social advertising engine. He described the paid social strategies surrounding their full funnel advertising approach in a blog post that they wrote in partnership with Clearbit. They shared the thoughts directly from, at the time, their Gusto's acquisition lead, Dan Dibido, and he wrote, it takes quite a bit of time and education for a company to choose Gusto, especially if they're switching or migrator and they found that social ads have different uses at the top and at the bottom of their marketing funnel. He took this a step further and he said, Gusto uses remarketing to accelerate demand. We know that people are doing comparison shopping. Remarketing helps us stay top of mind during the decision-making process. And if prospects aren't there yet, we use remarketing to take them through a journey and show them what is possible. The strategy that he's describing in a nutshell is this. Top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. Move people all the way through. At the top of the funnel, you want to cast a wide net. Educate all the employees by creating pieces of content that are relevant to them at a, at a level that all employees would find interesting. In the middle of the funnel, get those non-decision makers to sign up, spread the word, share content that you've created, drive decision makers to the site, and build a remarketing audience. Bottom of funnel, remarket those decision makers aiming at conversion. This is a strategy that is still seems to be embraced by Gusto today. When you go into Facebook ads um, library and you actually look at some of the ads that they're running, it still seems to be very much aligned with this technique and this strategy where they have some ads that are running specifically around their payroll software where it says unlimited payroll runs. Run payroll as often as you need at no extra cost. Or pay your employees and contractors fast with next day direct deposit. These are the messages that they're not putting out in front of everyone. They're putting out to people who may have been on a piece of content that talked about how to run payroll, how to set up payroll, or how to choose a payroll provider. In the same article where they were talking specifically about Clearbit and how Gusto launched their digital marketing campaign, the team wrote this. Facebook pixel event tracking lets you tie ads to specific events that happen on your website like lead captures, visits to your case study pages, add to cart actions, purchases, and more. For us, the trick was to map the key business metrics that are important to Gusto and map them to what we can track in Facebook, because then we got to benefit from being able to optimize for Facebook algorithm and track important customer actions in real time. The three events that Gusto focused on were lead capture, add employees, and run payrolls. These are the North Star metrics for their efforts. Every single brand has North Star metrics, metrics that matter to them, metrics that demonstrate that something is working. You need to take the time to understand the metrics most important to your business. And then you want to set up event tracking, conversion tracking directly in your website so you can run advertising campaigns that are prioritizing and capturing traffic from those who are most likely to convert. The biggest takeaway that Soso Saze included in this chapter of social advertising for B2B and Gusto was this, pixel your website and track as many as events as you can. 
even if you only care about a subset of them right now, having all this data available may be useful in the future, and it doesn't hurt to collect it. I couldn't agree more. When you have thousands of people visiting your website every single day, that's a ton of data. It's a ton of data surrounding the location, the demographics, the interests, the genders, the job titles, the education, the prior purchases, and so much more that you can use to drive better advertising targeting. In a world where everyone likes to assume that Facebook doesn't work for B2B, the smart brands realize that this is a fabrication. Smart brands are realizing that, yes, you can use Facebook to drive ads. You can use Facebook to drive email signups, to integrate people directly into your CRM, to build a stronger and more deep connection with your customers. But the key is recognizing all of this takes time. Setting up remarketing ads takes time. Creating campaigns that go after lead capture and the full funnel takes time. Creating blog posts, writing ad copy, creating calculators, investing in new software and solutions, identifying influencers, rolling out pop-ups on your website that are going to act like ads and having dynamic ads throughout your website, trying to capture emails. All of these things take time. Raising billions of dollars or raising millions of dollars to get to a billions of dollar valuation all takes time. Which takes me to the last thing that Guster has embraced. They're playing the long game. They're embracing patience and persistence. Let's discuss. It takes time for the seeds that you plant to bloom. Have the patience not to pluck them all too soon. As a new gardener, I have to say patience has been one of the biggest lessons that I have learned over the course of my time starting to garden. Patience and persistence has been a key part of Gusto's success, not just in their advertising efforts, but the content efforts, the ability to be patient with their customers amidst a pandemic where many of them needed to defer payment. Patience when it comes to ranking and seeing the fruits of their labor actually kind of come to come to life. Because they were patient, they've been able to build a content moat. Because they've been patient, they've been able to create something excellent, create something great. You see, you don't achieve content excellence or the ability to create something great overnight. It all takes time. You don't create a collection of calculators that generate over 600,000 visits per year overnight. These things take time. And these things are an investment. You know the saying, marketing is more like investing than most people think. And if you're already a believer in that sentiment, then you've got an advantage. So go and use it. Think long term. Don't make the mistake of thinking we need to create this thing today and unlock ridiculous amounts of return. Play the long game. Play the game that Gusto is doing. They've created a ton of content over years of commitment to adding value to the industry. They've created content and have run ads for years. And yes, today they might get the opportunity to say, yes, we are a 10X unicorn. We are worth $10 billion. That's today. In the early days, they were nothing more than an idea. An idea in a presentation, an idea in an email being sent to a handful of investors trying to get traction, trying to get that first yes to be an investor in their business. But if you already believe in this, if you already believe in the idea that you can invest today and shine tomorrow, you have the opportunity to truly unlock ridiculous returns. Because all great things take time. Name one thing. 
that is great. That was able to happen within the matter of minutes. And I will tell you with confidence that it's probably actually quite mediocre. Great things take time. Great things take time, not only to actually develop them, but to develop the skills needed to get there. So if you believe in this and if you can embrace this, I'm confident, especially if you're an underdog, I'm confident that you'll be able to go out there and create something that has an impact. So I encourage you to take a page out of their book, embrace patience while staying persistent at constantly seeing your vision for what you want to accomplish, what it is that you want to create, what you want to achieve, and go get them. Go create something great. And if you've stayed this long, if you're hearing this message, then I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for making it all the way through. I know this was a long episode and I, I'm, I'm just thrilled to know that you made it this far. So thank you so much for taking the time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you think and let me know if you have any ideas that you would like us to cover on Create Like the Greats. If you have any ideas on topics, on businesses, on organizations, or just a good old-fashioned creator that you would love to learn a little bit more from or about. Let me know. Share this episode with your friends, your colleagues, and your peers. And again, please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Ross Simmons, the host of Create Like the Greats on the HubSpot Podcast Network. And thank you so much for joining and listening. Take care, and I'll see you on the internet. If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down.